Turn in your Bible. Oh, where do I want you to go? Let's see. You can go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where we get started this morning. 2 Timothy 3, 16. In just a moment, we're going to read this. Uh, as you know, we began uh, 40 days in the Word, and I pray that you you have focused some some real concerted time, effort, and energy in the into God's Word. This morning, I'm just going to share some very important principles from God's Word to help you be able to not only, <coughs> pardon me, love the Word and learn the Word, but live the Word. And so with that in mind, let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that your Word is alive and, and active in our lives, and we just pray, Lord, that, it, that your Word would continue to grow and be made manifest in our midst. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Our keynote verse, I want you to read it out loud. Everybody say out loud. Okay, I, I want everybody to read it out loud with me. Here we go. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm telling you, we could do a month-long series on this one verse right here because it is a, it's, an, it's an amazing insight. It's not some of Scripture is given by inspiration from God, all Scripture. Everyone say all Scripture. And it, it, it's breathed, that word inspiration, the Greek there is theonoustos, breathed out of the nostrils of God is what that word means. Uh, and God breathed it. In fact, Peter says that uh, men of uh, old were moved upon by the Holy Spirit and they wrote down what God was saying. And so this Bible that we hold, this, this is not just a history book, it's His story. It's from the beginning to the end. It's the story of redemption, how God looked down and He realized humanity needed a Savior. Somebody say amen. And this Word of God that we have is profitable. It blesses and, and benefits us for teaching, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. How many of you got some things in your life that need to change? Just lift your hand. Got some things in your life that, hey, the Word of God will empower us to, to change us, correct us, reprove us, to instruct us in righteousness. We need some of that. Tell somebody we need some more of that in the house. Amen. We really do that the man of God, and let me just say the, the people of God, may be complete. Listen, God wants to finish what He started in your life through the power of His Word, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You look at your neighbor and tell him God's got a good work for you. Amen? He really does. And so that's our keynote verse. I want you to just kind of memorize that. Not kind of, but just memorize that. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, uh, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped uh, be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we've been learning, we're, we're, there's really a threefold focus for us in this uh, 40 days in the Word, and that is to learn to love the Word. Everybody say, love the Word. David said, I love thy law. I'm, I'm telling you, when you fall in love with God's Word, you won't be at a place where you say, well, I guess I better read my Bible again today. 
I guess I better go to church today. I guess I better do my daily devotionals today. When you fall in love with the Word and you realize this is God's love letter to me, and you 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 open it with a sense of anticipation. You know, I think uh, about the old timey days. How many of you? We got a few people come from the old timey days. The old timey days when when there was no email, there was no texting, there was no uh, none of that stuff. And 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 you know what people did when they were separated from one another and they loved one another? They wrote them a letter. Yeah, I, y'all remember letters, don't you? Uh, they wrote letters and they. And they mailed letters and mailed love letters. And I, I've seen, I remember the movies. I didn't write too many love letters because I'm not in the old, old-timey days. But, you know, the anticipation, the excitement of getting a letter from your loved one or from, or from your uh, person you're engaged to, you're just excited and you're thrilled because you know inside that letter is going to be something wonderful from them to you. I'm telling you, that's the way we need to become with God's Word in our heart. Everybody say, you got to love the Word. And then number two, we got to learn to learn the Word. we got to learn the Word of God. It's got to become a part of who we are and grow spiritually. We'll talk about that today. And then live the Word. You see, you got to live it out. It's application. How many of you know we've got to apply God's Word in our life? and live it out. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, and so I encourage you. And then on Wednesday nights, we're letting Pastor Rick Warren share some things with us about having a quiet time and how to meditate on the Word of God. And Josh, come here. Give me 30. I know he's already here. Give me 30 seconds because he told me this the other day uh, of how this Wednesday night group study format is making a difference in your personal life. Amen. Um, I, I just say, I guess, dynamic and... I don't think it's overstating to say explosive. Um, you know, there's these words, and we read these words, but we don't um, unpack the words. And when you unpack the words, which takes two things, it takes time, it takes thinking, and, and we don't do a whole lot of that stuff uh, anymore. If we're really honest with ourselves, we don't think about stuff. And, um, and when you unpack those words, it's, it's powerful, you know, and it's, it's, I've been reading the Bible for decade plus, two maybe, I don't, I don't know, uh, and, uh, I forget how old I am now, and, uh, but, but it's, it's opened up something new and powerful for me. Amen. I love that. So, hey, and Josh is one of my, hey, amen, Get, go ahead and give him some praise. Josh is, you know, he probably outruns me when it comes to personal daily disciplines uh, in the Word of God. And so for something to just radically transform his whole, uh, you know, world, rock his world, uh, if you apply things, they'll, tr- and, and listen, if you'll apply God's Word, it'll rock your world. Some of your worlds need to be rocked. You need to be transformed. That's what the Word of God will do for you. Today, uh, we're going to focus, and the next Sunday, we're going to focus on living it out learning to live the Word of God. Uh, our keynote verse for this morning is John. We, in fact, I preached this little series off of this ver- very verse uh, not too long ago. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus' words, he said, if you abide in my what? That word abide means to live and to dwell. See, most people don't live and dwell in God's Word. They don't, they don't t- uh, take it as the as the driving force of their life and build their life upon the foundation of what the Bible says. 
Someone asked me, I, in fact, I was, uh, 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 I see Peleg. Peleg came, played the drums for it. Y'all give Peleg a hand, let him know you appreciate him this morning. Came to, uh, and uh, I was with Peleg this week. We actually, I did a little work with them and poured some concrete, just like the old timey days. And a couple of their workers asked me this question. They said, which, which religion is right and true? Uh, and I, man, that was a big question. And so I thought about it a second before I jumped into the middle. I knew what he was thinking, Catholic denominations. And I said, listen, let me just say this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to speak to you denominationally, but I will say this. My foundation of what is right and true is God's Word. It's not what, it's not what Mohammed says. It's not what Buddha said. It's what does the Bible say. And so from that, I establish my understanding of what is right and true. And from that understanding, Christianity is, is God's plan and purpose for the earth. And so I just let him know it's from the, it's what does the Bible say? Look at your neighbor and say, we got to know what the Bible says. And we've got to live and dwell in what does the Bible say? If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Let me just say, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus, who are born again, who are not real disciples of Jesus Christ. Just because you're saved does not mean you're a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you abide in the word, it does something. It'll transform your life. If you abide, live, dwell in the word of God, you become his true, genuine followers and his disciples. And you shall... Know the truth. Everyone say, know the truth. It's not the truth that sets you free. Oprah is, is wrong about that. She'll say, well, you know, the truth will set you free. No, the truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth you know. How many of you know if you're innocent but you're in prison, it's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that the judge and everybody else learns about you that sets you free if you're really innocent. It's the truth you know that liberates you. And so we got to learn to abide and live and dwell in God's word. <coughs> Pardon me. Now let me give you the bigger idea. You want to know the big idea? Ask somebody, what's the big idea? Here's the big idea for today that you and I want to build on what I just told you. Here it is. In order to live the word, the word must first live in us. Say it with me. In order to live the word, the word must first live in us. See, the Bible says about the Bible, it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word has to live in us. So if you're going to live it out, how many of you know we got to live it out? You know, you can't just say, I believe it and not live it, right? You can't apply it. you got to apply it in your life. If you believe the Bible, you've got to live it out. In order to live it out, it's got to live on the inside of you. Now, let me build you a, a biblical foundation for that this morning. Turn in your Bible to John 15. Verse 7, John 15, I'm going to look a lot at the words that Jesus said about the Word. In fact, if you looked at John 1, and I'm, uh, you can go and pass that, but if you, looked, pardon me, if you looked at John 1, you'd realize it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, John 15, verse 7, look what he said. If you abide in me, there's that same word, and my words do what? Abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. And so 
here's the principle that I was sharing with you. It's not just uh, uh, you being able to live the Word. you got to let the Word live on the inside of you. If you abide in me and my words abide, live, and dwell, and have their being in me, then guess what? He says, "You'll whatever you ask, whatever you desire, it shall be done for you. Somebody say amen. Now, turn to John 17. John 17 is the passage where Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's about to go to the cross, but he's praying for us. He's praying for, for you. He's praying for his disciples. And look in verse 8 what he says. He says to God, For I have given them the words which you have given me, and they have received them. Somebody say received them. I have given them the words that you've given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Now that is very important when it comes to letting the word live on the inside of you. There's a twofold uh, uh, thought there. He said they've received them and they believed them. They believed what I said. They received it into their heart. Now remember, the word of God is not just something that you read. It's something that you allow into your life to transform your life. And it's got to live on the inside of you. And you and I must become receptive to what God has to say to us and open up our lives. And, and, and let me build it a little further. Can I go a little further? Look at chat. Tell me. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to establish this for you. Look what James said in James 1.21. He said this, receive the implant. There it is. That's the same word. Receive the implanted word. How many of you know it's got to get planted on the inside of you? It's not just something you, you believe up here. It's something that's got to get implanted on the inside of you. Receive the implanted word which is able to do what? Save your souls. You see, if it doesn't get planted on the inside of you, it will not grow. Now, if you go back, you remember the parable of the sower and the seed. In fact, uh, two or three of the Gospels uh, talk about the parable of the sower and the seed. Luke 8 uh, is one of them, and he gives the answer. He says this when it comes to the seed that was planted in different kinds of soils. Remember the parable of the sower? If you remember the parable of the sowers and the seed, say, I got it. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, but what we learn is what he's really talking about is the uh, the, the human heart and our lives and allowing God's Word. And he talks about some people's hearts are hard to the Word. Some people's hearts are all tangled up uh, with the cares of this life, and it's hard for the seed of God's Word. But he kind of defines it. He says the seed is the Word of God. And so that's what you and I need to understand. If we're going to live it out, if we're going to walk the way Jesus wants us to walk, if we're going to talk the way Jesus wants us to talk, if we're going to live the way Jesus wants us to live, we've got to begin to receive and believe God's Word in our heart as a seed that goes and it gets planted and the seed grows and it multiplies and it brings forth fruit. Look what Jesus said here right after. If you go back to John 15, He said this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. How does that happen? By letting the Word of God grow and, and, and bring forth fruit in your life because the Word of God is living and active. If you got that, say, I got it, preacher. 
So it's hugely important. The big idea, in order to live the Word, the Word must first live in us. That's why a lot of people get frustrated. They think, well, I'm going to start serving the Lord, uh, and so I'm not going to smoke, chew, or go with the girls that do. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start... I'm going to start, uh, uh, you know, reading my Bible. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to start, you know, obeying all the rules. And, and how many of you know it's got to get on the inside of you? It can't just be something that you start being. It's got to get on the inside of you. And when you're born again, it's because of the power of God's Word in your life, and it ought to grow. Are you with me? Say amen. And so uh, that we've got to embrace that truth. What's the big idea? Everybody say, what's the big idea? The big idea is in order to live the Word, the Word must first live in us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk to you about the power and the priority of God's Word in your life. And, and when you look to the Bible and you look especially to the Gospels, and in John 17, you know, you think about Jesus praying to God right before He fulfills the, His final uh, purposes on earth of, of of dying on the cross and then and then being buried and then rising again from the dead. He's praying for his disciples. He's praying for you and I. And he, he says this, and he tells God, I gave them your word. In other words, it sure seemed like a top priority of God for his disciples and for us to be people who receive the word of God and it begins to grow in our life. Everyone say receive and believe. And so it's top priority. And I want to just give you some thoughts this morning about why God's Word is so important in our life. Why such a big emphasis on God's Word. I've got uh, four, I think, this morning, and I've got about another five or six for next Sunday. The top priority of God's Word. It's not just, you know, when you look, when you look to the totality of Scripture, I'm telling you, you realize this book should be top priority in our life. Matthew 7. As, as, uh, I think Josh said a few moments ago, the storms come and we're going to teach our young people to build their life on the Word of God. Hey, I, by the way, let me, could, could I just divert just a little bit for, for a moment? I, you know, there's a lot you read in the internet. How many of you don't, you don't necessarily believe everything you read on the internet, but, the, uh, I saw an article from, I can't remember who it was, and it says, it said basically this, that, that the church, by and large, is returning and 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 becoming more inclined towards uh, just good old gospel preaching. They're 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 tired of the the of the the you know the lights, camera, and action, and the smoke and all that, and they just want somebody to preach the Bible to them, and they 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 want to they want to know what the Bible says, and they want to hear the preaching of. God's Word in their life. And man, I heard that. I said, man, maybe I'm not done after all. Amen? Because uh, I can do that a little bit. I can preach the Bible. So so uh, it was encouraging to me that people are hungry for God's Word. When you look to the Bible, you realize that from the beginning to the end, it is so important. It's top priority. It ought to be top priority in our life. So let me just give you some reasons why God put His Word and the priority of the Word of God uh, uh, at our footsteps, if you will. Number one, God's Word prevails. Somebody say, God's Word prevails. 
Let me explain it to you. The Word of God, in fact, uh, in Hebrews, the Word of God is living and active, and it says sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the capacity to pierce and divide between soul and spirit and joints and marrow, marrow. But what you learn from Jesus, when he went, how many of you remember uh, two or three places in the Gospels where he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness? You remember that? The, the, this was the beginning of his ministry after he was baptized, his three-year ministry. Luke 4, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil. You remember that? If you remember that, say, I remember that. And so he's being tempted by the devil. And what does he do with every temptation? He wields the power of the Word of God. When the devil would tempt him, he would say, it is what? Somebody say, it is written. Now, Jesus knew what the Bible said. That's an important insight. And he was able to wield that truth against the powers of darkness. And the Bible says the devil left him for a season. He left him because of the Word of God being living and active and prevailing over the powers of darkness. Listen, that, if that was the only thing we knew about God's Word, it would be a, a, a top, it should be a top priority in our life. How many of you know we need to be victorious over the devil? Amen. Could I get a better amen? I said, how many of you believe we could, we, we need to be victorious over the devil? Amen. And so the Word of God prevails over the powers of darkness uh, uh, around us and, and uh, the powers of darkness that, that, that assail us. God's Word prevails. If you've got your Bible, and I'm encouraging people to bring that, that printed. If you've got your Bible, lift it up and say, God's Word prevails. God's Word prevails. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will prevail if you get a hold of the Word of God. I love what Acts 19 verse 20 says. In fact, I could preach a series right here. Acts 19 20 says this. So the Word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Read that with me. So the Word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Could I just expound on that for a moment? Somebody said, go ahead, preacher. Could I just tell you what is obvious with this passage of Scripture right here? In order for the Word of God to be, to be prevailing in your life, it's got to be growing in your life. It's not, just the, it's not the truth that sets you free. If that was the case, you just set it on your head. I'm telling you, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So God's Word grows grows mightily. And when you begin to uh, do what it takes to be receptive to that living, breathing Word of God, and you you begin to feed yourself the, the Word of Almighty God, and it begins to grow in your life, you will begin to prevail in every area of your life. Could have get a better amen. And so this week, listen, if the Word of God begins to grow mightily in your life, you will prevail. 
If the Word of God does not take precedent, it's not top priority in your life, you will not be an overcoming uh, uh, victorious person. The devil will run roughshod over your life and you will be, by and large, defeated in every area of your life. People say, Pastor, I need counseling. I need this. I need that. I need somebody to help me with my problems and I'll I'll do whatever I can. In fact, let me just tell you, I get a little sidetracked. The other day, uh, one of our former... Uh, um, youth and children. I think he left before he was in youth ministry. Uh, they had moved uh, to another area. Uh, he just graduated high school. Uh, he Facebooked me or FaceTimed me. No, he didn't. What is it called when you're on Facebook? Yeah, it messaged me on Facebook and he started at, he said, can I talk to you? I, I'm going through some things. I need some help. So I got the joy of being able to counsel and speak the word of God into his life for a few moments. And then this morning when I got on to... Um, I don't know if you get up in time to watch Pastor Sam breakfast with champions, but I did breakfast with champions this morning and he got online and man, he was fired up. He was excited about the word of God. He's in Michigan or somewhere right now. And so, man, he responded, thank you so much, Pastor Sam. I'm telling you, man, that fired me up. I'm thinking, whoo, you know what he's doing now after struggling around in high school and, and, and you know, and having problems and issues and getting off track, you know what he chose to do? I'm going to let the word of God begin to grow on the inside of me and as a result I'm going to start being victorious this week you can turn it around by letting God's word prevail in your heart somebody's come on y'all are patty caking somebody give him praise this morning the word of God prevails the primary problem with most believers is a lack of spiritual growth and maturity they're not letting the word of God grow mightily in their life and as a result they are not prevailing. Follow me here for a moment. Let me read something to you in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5 verse 12 says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. In other words, you should be a teacher of the word right now. There's been some time go by. You ought to be a teacher but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. <laughs> but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both Good and evil. What did he say? And, and let me just tell you, one of the, I, I, I gotta reaffirm this. One of the biggest issues in, in, in Christendom today is people aren't growing spiritually. They're not allowing the word to grow mightily in their life and therefore they're not prevailing. God's word will prevail in your life every time if you'll begin to grow mightily in God's word. Amen. God's word prevails. Pardon me. If you'll start growing in the Word, you'll start prevailing in the Word. Number two, God's Word purifies. I love this. God's Word purifies. If you go back to John 15, uh, that uh, in the, uh, this, when he's talking about abiding in the vine, John 15, verse 3, look what he says here. You are already clean because of the, the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Jesus said, you're already clean. He's talking to his disciples. You're already clean because of the word that I have spoken unto you. What's he revealing about God's word? That God's word, if you will begin to grow in God's word, if you'll begin to receive and believe God's word and allow it to be implanted in your life, it has a cleansing capacity. Somebody used to say, you know, all you believers, all you Christians are just brainwashed. You ever heard that? You ever heard anybody, oh, you Christians, y'all just brainwashed. I said, you know, you're right. We just chose who went to washing on our brains. The word of God will wash your brains. How many of you know before Jesus and the word comes in, we got stinking thinking. How many of you know we need to deal with the stinking thinking and you, and the word of God comes along and it's better than, uh, Paul Mollive. It's better than Tide. It's better than whatever, you know, the, uh, what's that? Mr. Clean. It's a, hey, the word of God will take your brain, heart, mind, soul and begin to wash you and make you clean up some things in your life and get rid of some of that junk and that stinking thinking. Amen. It, it, it'll, in fact, John 17, that I just, he prays this prayer. He says in verse uh, 17 of John 17, he said, sanctify them. This is what he's praying for us. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus asked God for us. He said, cleanse them, make them whole. Make them holy. Sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. That word sanctify means to purify. I'm telling you, it's pretty hard to just stop smoking, chewing, going with the girl. Hey, the habits of life are are hard to kick, but let me just say this to you. The problem with habitual sin can be effectively handled by the effectual habit of feeding on God's word. If you'll start feeding on the Word of God and uh, and letting the Word abide in you, it'll start washing your brains, washing your mind and your thoughts and your hurts and your pains and all the issues of your life and clean you up really good, amen? And I'm telling you, if you'll just begin to do it this week, I'm I'm not talking about next month, I'm talking about if you'll start feeding yourself on the Word of God, it'll begin to purify the way you think. Some of you think, well, I just don't know if I'll ever kick this thing. You can kick this thing right out the door by the the power of God's word in your life. Amen. In fact, Paul, when he was talking about husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, how many of you remember that? We got a couple of engaged couples. Uh, you know, you can tell the engaged couples, you know, they're really close to each other. They got their arms around, you know, you, you see right there, they are right there. Okay. Mom and dad, they're already married. They're just sitting there. But the engaged couple, he got his arm around her. Yeah. They love each other. We all love each other. We just express it differently. But you know what? Uh, hey, the Word of God uh, says about husbands and wives, and it tells the husband, he said, let me tell you what you do with your wife. You wash her with water, like water with the Word of God. As a husband, bring the word of God into the home and realize, hey, you want your relationship, you want your wife, you want your kids, you want your family to be holy and right and good. You just bring the word of God into your household. Bring it into your wife's life. Speak the word of the Lord over her. Wash her with the word of God and just purify this relationship. God's word purifies. Everyone say, God's word prevails. Everybody say, God's word purifies. Now, I love what David said. David learned this in Psalm. In fact, we, I don't know if I did it on a Sunday morning. I, I mentioned this. Psalms 119. Everyone say Psalm 119. 
It's the longest book. Pardon me. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. I think it's right in the middle of the Bible. Certainly gives precedence to God's understanding of the importance and the priority of the word. And, and every verse in Psalms 119 has to do with the power and the priority of God's word in our life. I would encourage you to read Psalm 119, meditate on the verses of Psalm 119. And here's what David said in Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way, question mark? In fact, we think of the culture we live in today. How can a young man cleanse his way? Man, it's a messed up world out there. How can a young man cleanse his way? And listen, I love the secondary part here. By taking heed according to your word. By taking heed according to your word. God's word purifies our life, washes our brain, sanctifies us and sets us apart for his kingdom purposes. I don't know what you're battling, but I'm telling you, if you un, if, if you'll loose the power of God's word into your life, it'll begin to be victorious and prevail in your life and purify your life and cleanse your life and cleanse your family. Listen, let me just throw this as a side note. How many of you got some family members that need some help? Oh, only one? Okay, how many of you got some family members that need some help? I think that this principle works. I think that it's possible for us to unleash, if you will, the power of God's word over their life and begin to proclaim over them the word of God. Think about this. Think about those your family members that need some help. We gripe and moan and complain about them. How about we speak the word of God over them and say they'll not die but live and declare the glory of God. They're not going to serve the devil. They're going to serve God. They're going to worship God and just begin to speak the power of God's word over your family and begin to unleash, if you will, God's word and to wash your family in the word of God and read the word of God over your children and declare the word of God over your family. Come on now, I'm telling you something that'll change your life and change your family. Amen. Oh, man. God's word. It prevails, it purifies. And number three, I love this one. God's word provides. God's word provides. If you go back to John 15, man, at John 15, he's loaded with, with insight. John 15, I read it to you, but let me give you the full uh, thought here. In verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, that I read that in red. That's red right there. That means Jesus said that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, let me just show you how this really works. Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, if God's word abides in you, you're not going to ask for something that is not of God and his plan and purpose for your life. Uh, you're not going to say, Lord, I want a, this or that, and, and you know that this or that is unhealthy for you. In other words, the word of God, 
God comes along, you're a living, abiding in Christ, and the Word of God is abiding in you. It's purified your motives. It's purified the way you think. It's purified the desires of your heart. And the Bible says He'll give you the desires of your heart, but you've got to uh, uh, live and abide in God's Word. And then whatever you desire, God looks down and gives it to us. Somebody say amen. What a promise from God. Now, most people just read the last part. Whatever you desire, he'll give it to you. No, no, the condi- how many of you know there's a condition to every promise? And the condition for the provision is abiding in Christ, living and dwelling in him, he and you and you and him, and his words living and abiding within you purifies your motives, purifies your heart, purifies your thoughts, purifies your desires. Your desires become his desires, and he gives you his desires, and then whatever you desire, he gives it to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say a better amen. Now, let me throw this thought. The prevalence of answered prayer has a whole lot to do with the prominence of God's Word in our hearts. Read that with me. You may have to look up prevalence and prominence, but they certainly kind of go together here. Let's read it out loud. The prevalence of answered prayer has a whole lot to do with the prominence of God's Word in our hearts. If we make God's Word prominent and a priority in our life, answered prayer will become more prevalent in our life. Does that make sense to you? Some people are frustrated. Well, God didn't answer my prayer. <laughs> well, maybe you're, you're missing out on the, on the, the, the condition. If, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you desire will be given unto you. The prevalence of answered prayer has a whole lot to do with what's on the inside of our hearts. And the more more of God's Word in our heart... Now, get, get this. This is just the way it works. The more prevalent the Word of God is, the more prevalent our answers of prayer will be. If we, let, if we give God's Word top priority and make it the prominent place in our life, in God's Word, we begin to feed, abide, live, and dwell in Christ and in His Word, then... <laughs> The open heavens began to, the heavens began to open in our behalf. Amen. Everyone say God's word prevails. Everyone say God's word purifies. Everyone say God's word provides. And number four, I'm just going to give you this one today and then we'll, we'll pray. God's word penetrates. I quoted it three or four times. Go to Hebrews chapter four. Verse 12, let me show you this. It says, the word of God. Go close to the back. You'll see it. It's before Peter. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This would be a great one to memorize too. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Stop right there. Everyone say soul and spirit. You know there's a big battle going on in all of us. You know what? we got a big battle. You think the battle's out there, the devil. I'm binding the devil. I'm battling the devil. One of the biggest battles is, is, is in our own heart, between our own self and the things of God, the soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
And then there's, the Bible says there's a spirit in man. And that's what's born again. You know, we're dead spiritually until we're born again. And God breathes life into our life. So we're body, soul, and spirit. And the Bible says the Word of God understands that. And He can come and the Word of God will pierce and begin to help us understand. Oh, that's just your soul. That's just the way you think. But then the Spirit of God and, and help you understand the things of the Spirit and the things of this life and how to live right and understand the Word of God comes and pierces our hearts. I've heard people say, you know, God led me to do this and the, what He said they led them to do was a sin. And I go, uh, uh, no, wait a minute, you're all mixed up there. God didn't lead you to be a sinner. Uh, God didn't lead us to sin. He comes to forgive us of our sin and deliver us from our sin. And so when you've got the Word of God and you say, well, what does the Bible say? Somebody say, what does the Bible say? And you let the Word of God into your life to pierce your heart. I love what it says in Acts chapter 2. When Peter gets up to preach under the power of the Holy Spirit, he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's preaching the power of the resurrected Christ. And the Bible says that they were, when they heard this, when they heard the Word of God, when they opened up their hearts to hear the Word of God, it says they were pierced in their hearts. And they said, what must we do to be saved? Because the Word of God. In fact, you know what Paul said about the Word of God? He said it's the Word of God, the Gospel, which causes people to be born again. It's the power of God unto salvation. He said in Romans 1.16, the Gospel, the Word of God, is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, the Word of God has the capacity. You got friends in your life that need a change in their life? You speak the Word of God. You lovingly speak the Word of God into their heart. And that Word of God has the power to pierce their hearts. I'll never forget as a senior in high school. I'd been transformed by the power of Almighty God. And we, I was in a classroom and and uh, it was kind of one of those classes where nothing was going on. People were just kind of doing this and that. And there was a young lady there who who was kind of different. She was uh, actually had skipped a year of school and come back. She was married, and and, uh, her name was, I remember it, Deborah Skeen. And she was kind of different and kind of not part of us. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm sitting beside her, and all of a sudden, I realize I'm in the middle of a divine appointment. It's almost like God put a bubble around us. And I began to speak the Word of God into her heart in civics class. I think it was civics class. And in the middle of class, when everybody's doing their thing, I looked over and big tears come rolling down her cheeks. And she began to, the, what was happening? The Word of God was piercing her heart. It wasn't Sam's Word. It was God's Word. I'm telling you, God's Word penetrates our life and our heart. It's powerful. It penetrates our life. How many of you can say God's Word has penetrated your life and touched your life. You see, I remember times in my life when people were preaching. In fact, my dear friend David Shibley was preaching a message years ago uh, at the infancy infancy stages of Church on the Rock and Rockwall, a meeting in the high school, and he preached a message about the axe head floating. And here I was, uh, just a young preacher off doing, but uh, a young 
believer who had had the call of God on his life. I was out doing business and making a living and he talked about losing the cutting edge and, and how God made the axe head float and that God wants to bring the cutting edge back to your ministry and life and get you back on track. And I'm telling you, it was like God speaking and penetrating my heart and transforming my life. And I realized, OMG, the Holy Ghost is speaking to me. And it was a turning point in my life and my the focus of my life. And it wasn't very long after that that Beverly and I received the call of God to be associate pastors at Church on the Rock in Quitman, Texas. Uh, and uh, I, I stepped out of manual labor and went into Emmanuel labor because of the Word of God penetrating my heart. God's Word penetrates. Everyone say, what's the big idea? Come on, what's the big idea? I asked somebody, what's the big idea? What's the big idea? The big idea is in order to live the Word, the Word must first live in you. God put high top priority on His Word. It prevails. God's Word prevails. It purifies. It provides. God's Word penetrates our heart. It's what transforms our life. We just have to be open to receive what God says and let His Word transform us and begin to grow on the inside of us. You see, the problem with a lot of people is, even believers, their hearts, their hearts, which is the soil of their life, has gotten hard by the things of this life. And Hosea said this, break up the fallow ground. Sow to yourselves righteousness and break up the fallow ground. And basically what he's saying, let God soften your heart to hear what he has to say. And so this morning, I want to ask you a question. I've told you the big idea. In order to live the Word, you've got to let the Word live in you. Here's my question. Is God's Word alive and well within you this morning? Is God's Word alive and well within you this morning? Are you growing spiritually or have you gotten hard-hearted? Are you here just because you're supposed to be here because family brought you here or this is what we do? Or is your heart open to what God is saying? Listen, I'm telling you the truth. This week, things can begin to change in your life. The Word of God prevails. You just got to start growing in the Word of God. Remember what I said. So the Word of God, Acts 19, grew mightily and prevailed. If you want to prevail, the Word of God has to grow mightily in your life. The Word of God purifies. If there's some issues in your life that you just keep, can't get the victory over, God's Word will wash your brains and cleanse your life, change the way you think, get rid of that stinking thinking. God's Word provides you're here today and you say, I just need God to help me. Listen, the prevalence of God's Word or the preeminence and the priority of God's Word in your life causes answered prayer to become more prevalent in your life. And so today you and I have a choice. Are we going to let the Word of God pierce and penetrate our hearts? Or are we going to lift up our, our, our little resistance and say, no, not today? Let's stand together. Let's bow our heads this morning.
Let's yield to the word of God. Father, today, I thank you that your word is alive and well in our hearts. If we're believers, we just declare it, Lord. And we just pray the word of God would begin to grow more and more in our life. That your word today would penetrate our hearts and transform our lives. Change the way we think. Change the way we act. Change the way we walk. Change the way we talk. Lord, we yield ourselves to the power and the authority of God's word. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as I said just a few moments ago, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If you're here today and you've never really been born again, you've gone to church, you've maybe even walked an aisle, but nothing ever changed in your life. And today you want to be born again. Listen, the gospel is this. Jesus died on a cross to pay for your sins so you could be his child. Then he rose again the third day so you could have a new life. The Bible says you've got to believe that and confess that and apply that into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm born again. I don't know if I'm a child of God, but today I want to know that I know him. And I want to invite him into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life and begin to transform my life. Today, I'm pierced just like those first century believers were in Acts 2. I've pierced, this word has pierced my heart and I want to know what it takes to be saved. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to know Jesus in my heart and in my life. I want to know for sure anyone here. Father, today I thank you for the power of your word that has the capacity to pierce and separate between soul and spirit. Let your word transform our lives today. Let your word begin to grow in us. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Lord, let your word grow inside me today. Let it grow. Come on out loud. Lord, let your word grow in me. I I water the word of God today with faith. I water the word of God with meditation. I'm watering your word, Lord, by remembrance, by reading, by, by believing your word. I water your word with faith today. And I thank you that it's going to grow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the word of God some honor. Clap your hands for God's word today. We honor you in your word today, Lord. In Jesus' name.